Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio. Reporting from the basement of the Dairy Civic Center, this is Benjamin Graham with the news. Before we get to the news, I would like to send a sincere thank you to all our listeners for their get-well cards, flowers, ritual sacrifices, and balloons. While my Barbie's Malibu Magnum may have misfired, exploding in my hand, the doctors have informed me that I will make a full recovery and be allowed to return next season. And trust me, listeners, I'll be back. You're listening to Dairy Public Radio. This is Dairy Public Radio. Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio, a bi-weekly Stephen King book club podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Sam Alexander, alongside Joshua Khan. Hey, everybody. And Benjamin Graham. Hey, hey, constant readers. And today we are covering the movie loosely based off of the book, <laughs> The Running Man. <laughs> that is so generous. <laughs> I would like to encourage you listeners, if you have not watched this movie, just stop. Oh, and go watch it. Yeah, you should not be listening to us. You need to, even if you have seen this movie, go watch it again right now. <laughs> yeah. I man, this was the first time I've ever seen it and it was something. It was an experience. And before we get started, I did want to say once again quick shout out to Phil Thiessen, yeah. our uh our listener who graciously donated money to us so we would talk about The Running Man, and then we spent two episodes shitting all over. <laughs> so, Phil, first, sorry, but sincere thank you, because you set into the events that led up to me watching The Running Man with Josh for the first time, and that's a present. <laughs> That was a gift to me, personally, so thank you. It was somehow better than watching the actual movie. (laughs) (laughs) Because I couldn't... Were you both just watching me the whole time? Is that what was happening? Uh Uh-huh. Good. All right. Just certain parts, I was like, oh, I know what's gonna... I know what's coming (laughs) up, and Josh is going to enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah. I... Oh, man. All right. let's, Let's just go ahead and get started with The Running Man. It also takes place in the far distant future of 2017. 2017, where uh, the style of very high-cut spandex. It's like the 90s are back. Yeah, weird. <laughs> so like, crazy. <laughs> uh, I always love when a movie starts with rolling text. Yeah. So always is a good start off to anywhere. Uh, first thing right out of the gate, Ben Richards as a soldier? That uh, I did not expect that whatsoever. As a healthy, beefy soldier, not a scrawny dinosaur man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Stephen King apparently had said in an interview that he's like, yeah, Arnold as Ben Richards is the furthest possible <laughs> uh, from what he is actually like in the book. He's supposed to be sickly and... His casting totally backs up my belief that The Running Man, the book, is an action-adventure book. It pretty much has to be once you have Arnold Schwarzenegger attached to it. (laughs) Which, okay, not only was this the first time I've ever seen this, I've also... I can't tell you the last time I watched an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. The thing that I forget about watching an Arnold movie is that I have to attune my ears (laughs) to understand what he's saying. (laughs) 
I thought you were going to say you have to attune your ears for all those sweet one-liners. Oh, God. The one-liners are just gold. I have them. (laughs) I'm so happy. Should we, like, kick off the episode with one-liners, or do you guys want to save it? Yeah, yeah, let's go right. for it. Let's <laughs> a prelude of things yeah. to come. I, I think ladies they're best out of context. Ladies and gentlemen, we present CM Alexander with out of context puns. <laughs> Give you a lift. <laughs> <laughs> you can't laugh after, I know. after each one. I know, but I, just, I love that, that that's such a specific thing <laughs> that doesn't make it a pun unless you can see it or know what it's from. <laughs> I'll be back. Here's Sub-Zero. Now, Plane Zero. He was a real pain in the neck. I'm, I'm going to uplink your ass. You'll be on the ground. <laughs> I'm going to uplink your ass. Hey, Christmas tree. <laughs> Follow me, light bulb. He had to split. How about a light? What a hothead. I don't do requests. Well, that hit the spot. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yep. Out of context, one line theater is, uh, is a great bit for the show. Some of those in context were still out of context. That's very, <laughs> very, very true. true. So anyway, back to the plot. Yeah, Ben Richards is a soldier. It was uh, That was a, a weird way to start things off. We... we He's in a helicopter with a bunch of other soldiers. For some reason, it's full of soldiers. And they're flying over a riot. A, a riot that's also peaceful? Yeah, it, nobody is there's armed. Nobody, it's nobody's a protest. Armed. It's a protest. Uh, because the world we are set up in, it's this police state. It's uh, more, would you guys say more or less dystopian than the book? I think more. It seems like there was more out and out violence just in the streets mm-hmm. yeah and they they have this this person also there are they scan it from their helicopter to of find course. out nobody's armed and there's 1500 people down there and he gets the order to fire on those people and he refuses to do it and then he has a sweet action scene that we see three more times over the course of the movie <laughs> where he gets into a fight in the helicopter while they take him down, and then proceed to fire upon the crowd. Because, of course, uh, after reading the book, as we know, Ben Richards is just a great guy. Yeah. (laughs) Super good dude who really cares about innocent people. Which is also something that this movie hops back and forth on a couple times. Like, his character's very inconsistent. Yeah. About what and who he cares about. Yeah, I'm not sure I understood when the flip happened, when he started to care about that bigger picture thing in this movie, which is not pollution. It didn't make any sense because it was it. there was no moment where a turn really happened. It was for 10 minutes, I'm going to hate these people. And then the next 10 minutes, I'm so upset I can't save these people. Just doesn't make any sense. Also, something with that. So he he gets thrown in jail, not really jail. It's like a, a work camp. Basically, the the prison zone, Uh, (laughs) because this movie corrects what I uh, disliked the most about the book. Not enough zones. (laughs) (laughs) I like a good themed zone. Yeah, it's it says in the starting exposition dump that the, the country is 
cut up into zones. I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> zones. I love it. We'll just change states to zones. It'll be I so am cool. Not joking. 100% in. <laughs> so he's arrested and he's thrown into the, the prison zone. For they, they say that he killed 60 people. And that's my first thing. There were 1,500 people. <laughs> How did they only kill 60 from a helicopter? He's a terrible shot. I guess. That must be it. Well, anyway, there's a sweet jailbreak scene. Well, and this is 18 months later, and all of these guys have collars around their necks that'll explode if they leave this designated area without the lights turning green. And we see our first glimpse that Ben Richards is a superhero as he's carrying a giant steel beam just casually over his shoulder. And then when it's go time, he just lazily throws it off to the side. That was cool. (laughs) (laughs) And there's this massive riot and we meet uh, Laughlin and Weiss who help with the jailbreak. And they all get out and they, they make it to freedom. Well, the important thing about Weiss is that he's like this technical genius. He's hacking the system. He's the one who gets the zone like deactivated so their heads don't explode. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Gotta oh, deactivate yeah, the zones. That's, oh, yeah, a guy's head that explodes. That tells it's you how crazy movie. this movie is, is that in this scene, a guy's head blows the fuck up and we almost did not watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it was because it was confusing. <laughs> he, apparently it doesn't blow your head up right away. It waits until you've almost reached what you're reached what you're after and then it blows your head up. Yeah. And why was he running? It, the movie's it, called The Running Man. Yeah. Well, see him. See him. <laughs> oh, okay. Come on. That was, he was the eponymous running man. <laughs> He's the original running man. <laughs> yeah. We think this is about Ben Richards. It's not. No. Well, they they make it to the city after they've escaped, and we get our first glimpse of Ben Richards not giving a fuck about anybody because he's like, oh, uh, you guys carry on with your revolution or whatever. I'm going to go get a job from my brother. Yeah, he says, I'm not into politics. I'm into survival because they're wanting to take down the network. And he's like, no, thanks. Which even after everything he's been through, like that seems like something he should be down for. That you'd think that he would be inspired to act because they framed him. Right. But no, he just goes to his brother's house and <laughs> punches in the very hard to guess security code of 445566. <laughs> you, you guys know what Ben Richards is not in this movie ever, like at any point, even when he's supposed to be what? angry. That is very weird. weird. I did not realize it didn't click. Yeah, he's never angry. He's he having always, fun. He is just like always kind of almost at the edge of smirking. Yeah. <laughs> I would say smirking, but it's Arnold Schwarzenegger's face, and I don't <laughs> think it arranges itself that way. <laughs> it's got two positions. Yeah. Murder and sad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so he's he's hiding out in this apartment that his brother was taken away for re-education, mm-hmm. is what they said. And they that's it. That's yeah, it. Don't never mentioned again. Nope. Uh, he must not be very close to his brother, yeah. I guess. But this lady has moved into the apartment and apparently not changed the door code. And she gets home from work and does the, the first moment of this movie where I laughed so much louder than I thought I was going to, which was when we see Jesse Ventura leading a group workout on TV. 
And she is working out with them in her lingerie, like all ladies work out. Yeah. What the? That was so <laughs> weird. That was just in her underwear, in her lingerie, her, getting her, her workout ID. on. I will say, though, Jesse Ventura looked like he was having the best time. He looked like he was having so much goddamn fun. She hears about Ben Richards escaping on the news and then looks up and he's just standing over her. And the she proceeds to try to run away as he chases her through the apartment. Okay, you know what bothered me about this scene? What? So imagine you are her and you're in your silk nighty, you're working out. Sure, like I do. You see this horrible murderer on TV and you look up and there he is. I felt no fear or tension in that scene. <laughs> she's like, she's very exposed. She's not fully clothed and he's standing over her and he's huge and imposing and it's just like, yeah, she's so casual. Mildly annoyed yeah. that she's, he's in her apartment. Like, she's sort of like, get out. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, well, she never changed the door code. How many of her, his brother's friends have just popped by <laughs> and been in her house when she's That's been in her lingerie? Why she's That's exercising why. in her nighty. Yeah, she's very consistent. Like, there's always somebody just in my house. If only there was a way to stop strangers from getting into my house. And then uh, Ben proceeds to tie her to her Bowflex. <laughs> just, just ties her up. And rummages through her shit and takes her money and charges a trip to Hawaii on yeah. her well, travel card. Did you guys catch when he was rumming, rummaging through her stuff what the contraband was? It was like clothing, tapes. Music. Music. Yeah. yeah why was that? Did we ever figure out why that stuff was outlawed? Uh, I no, Because in the opening scroll, it says all... Uh, entertainment is censored. So maybe it's just the only entertainment is what the state gives you. Yeah. But also what are, what are illegal clothes? Uh, what? <laughs> I get like, and we don't really see it. He's like holding it in a pile. Maybe it's a, it's more suggestive and but that's then not the allowed. Nighty she's exercising. She was in her own home in her nighty. <laughs> she, if she went out in public in her nighty, maybe that would have been a problem. We have uh, our second moment of Ben Richards being a superhero as she's tied to this Bowflex. And she's like, he's like, all right, I bought us two tickets to Hawaii. You're coming with me and we're going to get out of the country or out of the, the city. And she's like, why, why should I? And he, with one hand, rips the workout bench, which is bolted, like, to, bolted the to the floor <laughs> with one hand, just tears the floor out casually and was like, because I asked. Cut to them at the airport. That's all it's, the convincing, I guess. Yeah, well, he dangles her out the window like like a hero does. <laughs> like a real good it's, dude. And, and later in the movie, one of the, the stalkers, which, oh boy, we'll get to, oh God. Is, is incapacitated and he spares his life saying, I would never hurt uh, an unarmed and uh helpless person she's tied to a bowflex <laughs> and he dangles her out a window and she's not a person she's a woman and that and he's not true. on tv at that point <laughs> that is so also he true. doesn't need to be performatively woke <laughs> uh something i thought was interesting is like this this sequence he has he, he kidnaps this woman yeah to try and escape this is kind of the movie's adaptation of his uh, Ben Richards 
book relationship with, with Amelia, which we discussed is like one of the most interesting parts of the book. Right. What did you think about his relationship with uh, Amber compared to Amelia? So I I liked the, there was the, the tension of she is a kidnapped person and she's trying to save her own life by going along as far as she can. But the moment where she turns on him and hits him in the crotch and runs, I honest to God thought we were done with her for the rest of the movie. I was like, oh, they like, they touched on that relationship that's in the book and they're just done with it now. For about two minutes. Yep. And that's, I thought she was done. I thought that was it. I thought it was cool how they brought her back though. Yeah. Because she's, she's watching the TV later and they're covering what happened and that she was a hostage and then they show the dead bodies, the people that Ben Richards killed when he entered the airport, which he did not kill anybody. And that's when the seed of doubt is planted in her mind because he tells her, I was framed. I'm innocent. I didn't do those things. And she, of course, doesn't believe him. And then she sees that lie on TV and she's like, what? What in the world? No. Why do you why did they add those deaths to? I mean, he's already a notorious like a, they call him the butcher. Like he already is a criminal who's killed tons of people. Why add those those airport deaths? Well, I assume it's just because they died and they needed to report on it, but they weren't going to be like, oh, yeah, the government accidentally killed these people. Why not just put it on the scapegoat? So you think the like the government officials who like those people caught stray bullets or something? Yeah, probably. Or like Ed just had a heart attack. On a shift, and they're like, oh, "Yeah, I know what we can do with this." All right, shoot that dead body, and let's take a picture. <laughs> never, never waste a corpse. Exactly. Yeah, sensationalism. Yeah, and uh, Ben is taken down by a net gun, which was great, and wakes that up is, in his cell. That was very cool. He was running hard. He was that. He never runs like that again for the rest <laughs> of the movie. He lightly, he lightly jogs. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was some straight up Forrest Gump. That was some Tom effort. Cruise. Yes, running. that is straight up the best <laughs> running in this movie. But it's this moment where he wakes up in his cell and he meets Killian. That that first that moment came out to me that this character is super inconsistent because he's telling him that, hey, we've got you and I want you to volunteer to be on the running man because the running man never gets political prisoners. And they, he, they want ratings, so this person's going to give him those ratings. And he says, oh, you're going to do it. Or, and shows them footage of another cell that has the other two guys, Laughlin and Weiss. Who he, he cares so with, much about. Which he obviously <laughs> did not care at all about. And he's like, if you don't, they're going on. And he has this moment of like, well, I guess I have to. No, you don't give a shit. <laughs> this is, doesn't make sense. Yeah, I totally agree. There, was, I did not see the motivation there. At, and he didn't even look upset. Nope. <laughs> and this has got to be an, another thing. To all of the other actors' credit to act against Arnold. <laughs> because not a single one of them takes any weird delivery he gives or... A, any off thing he does, like they treat it like it's perfectly oh, yeah. natural. Everyone in this movie is just so fucking good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in fact, we we have to talk about Killian. Yeah. Oh, God. Richard Dawson killed it. Richard Dawson, host of Family Feud. <laughs> yep. Plays the villain in this movie and he's fucking awesome. <laughs> he is 
such a pompous asshole. <laughs> you just love to hate this guy. And it's it's so good. Oh, man. Yeah, I did not know how I was going to feel about it when you first told me that that's who played Killian. But, man, it all comes together and he kills it. It's, it's so much just fun. So I love when he's right when he's first introduced. What is it? They're walking down a corridor and uh, something happens. There's a guy sweeping the floor. This guy mopping. Yeah, yeah. mopping. And he turns to one of his uh, his like lackeys, and he's like, "If that fat asshole's sweeping tomorrow, then you'll be sweeping the rest of the week." Yeah. Like, <laughs> After he walked into that guy's mop as he was mopping, yeah, yeah. one of those people was there doing a job, <laughs> and the other one was approaching that one. Yeah, he's yeah. such a dick. I but love he was super it. nice to him. He's like, "Hey, don't worry about it. Let's. You're doing great. You're doing great work." And as soon as he's out of earshot, <laughs> fuck that guy. And. It, that we like him so much in that role is a testament to how great he did because I really did enjoy the more serious character in the book mm-hmm. that Killian was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah, in the book he was really menacing and... Uh, mm-hmm. And he had and, like some sort of... I, I felt like he had honor in some way. Oh, yeah, he was very... You it's, uh, you got a sense of competence and mm-hmm. that he, he was very good at what he did. Uh but yeah, in this, he's, he's just an ass, and I love it. <laughs> his mind is on one thing, and that's on ratings. That's all he wants. That's that's his sole purpose. Uh, one thing that I... There, there were a handful of little things throughout this movie that I thought they did a really good job um, in reference to the book. And it's a really brief scene, but I wanted to touch on it. When they're getting Ben Richards ready for the running man and they've got him strapped to the table and they're doing all these procedures, mm-hmm. the like completely the doctor. It was that assembly line almost mm-hmm. except for he wasn't moving through it. They were moving through him and it was just these apathetic doctors. <laughs> that was a great way to put it. That was a horrible scene. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Uh, I did not expect something so unnerving, but like when they should put the needle into his knuckles, I was like, ah. Oh. Good God. I honestly think that that was the most tense scene of this movie. Yeah. And it was literally 30 seconds long. <laughs> it really was. But let's get to showtime. Shall yes, we? please. Let's get to showtime. This is where the movie, up to this point, it's like pretty standard late 80s, early 90s sci-fi uh, Schwarzenegger movie. Yeah. When the show starts... <laughs> Is when this movie goes off the goddamn rails. <laughs> it was so much fun. The uh, as they're like taking Ben out, he's in this like coverall. <laughs> I'm just remembering you losing your shit. <laughs> they, they bring him out, and he's in his handcuffs. Yeah, in this like dark prison, yeah, like jumpsuit, basically. Yeah. And I, I was like, all right, they they're just leaving him in his prison khakis and they're going to send him down. But nope, it's tear away. And it tears <laughs> away to reveal the most glorious jumpsuit I've ever seen. This movie is like watching a wrestling show. Yes. Yeah, very uh, much so. Especially considering all the wrestlers. Yeah. <laughs> Funny how that uh, works. Also, I don't know if you guys noticed uh, the Running Man tracksuit sponsored by Adidas. <laughs> No, I did not notice that. It has an Adidas logo on the arm. Oh, God, that's amazing. (laughs) I straight up want that for Halloween. I want to. I'm (laughs) going to be Ben Richards for Halloween. I want to see you in that for Halloween. Yes. 
CM's gonna be and is gonna be Annie Wilkes. I'm gonna yeah. be Ben Richards, and then we'll find. I'm out gonna what be Ben's the gonna truck be. that hits that kid in Pet Cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> yep the the best villains uh, of yeah. all of our stories. Uh, as they get ready to start the show, they go over kind of the rules a little bit at the top of the show. And we see that there's been three previous winners, which is something that's completely different from the book where these people like, they have three hours to make it through four zones. And if they do, (laughs) (laughs) then they win their freedom and they get sent to Hawaii, which is where he was going to go in the first place. So it's perfect. Oh, now he gets to go for free. Sweet. This, (laughs) this, uh, the the way that the course I guess is set mm-hmm. up, this threw me so hard when I started the book because Ben Richards is just in the world and mm-hmm. it feels so so big mm-hmm. and it, you don't feel as connected to the character. You feel like you, you know you could just get lost with him in the world, and then mm-hmm. this is so close and claustrophobic. It's completely different. This blew my mind. Uh, I of course spent the movie on IMDb trivia. <laughs> yep. And my entire life, I've seen this movie just so many times, and my entire life I've watched it and thought, man, it's pretty crazy that they adapted the American Gladiators into (laughs) this super crazy movie. Nope. American Gladiators came out three years after this movie. No! American Gladiators is based off The Running Man. Holy shit! That makes me love both this movie and American Gladiators more than I already did, which was a lot. Turbo. Um, Turbo! As a complete side note, <laughs> I performed the ceremony for the uh, a wedding ceremony for the daughter of an original American Gladiator. <laughs> And I got stop stop the podcast. (laughs) The movie's good, guys. We're done talking about it. What? I I performed a wedding ceremony, and the father of the bride was an American gladiator. And did they roll down the the (laughs) the aisle in a in an atlas globe? Nope. But I did. The one thing I was like too nervous to talk to him because he's a big imposing <laughs> man. And I asked him if he still had his singlet. And he said yes. <laughs> and that is where the conversation with him ended. <laughs> that's I just I'm really excited. <laughs> that's insane. Uh I also want to know about the running man the home game that they <laughs> referenced several times throughout I, the movie. Do you think that's real? Do you think we can buy that? If not, let's design it. Okay. All right. (laughs) Coming to our Patreon soon. The Running Man home game. And it's an actual play podcast where we play the Running Man game. Holy (laughs) shit. Just full of million dollar ideas. Yeah, right. Uh, And here's where we also get uh, another major twist in our story. Uh, Just before they send Ben down the tubes to where he'll (laughs) Down down the tube to the zone. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> sexual. <laughs> Is it? Think about it. All right. Well, before they tube him to the zones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they reveal that his two best friends 
are also <laughs> going to be tubed to zones with him because fuck Killian. And he is mildly annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> There's no shock on his face. He's like, ah, all mm-hmm. right. And I just, the actor who plays uh, Weiss Oh my. Just looks like he's shitting his pants. He looks so pitiful. The- well, they have they have Ben, um, like sitting in this. It looks like a in a go kart cage. Yeah, yeah bobsled go kart cage. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think of the word bobsled. <laughs> and the other two guys are they're they have it propped on its yeah, end. They're in the same things, <laughs> but standing. <laughs> up. Yeah, they're in a seated position, but like. Yeah, it it's, it just looks so awkward it's and uh, so you hilarious. Feel they're so pitiful looking. <laughs> Another side note: I got stuck in a ride at Universal Studios one time <laughs> in that position. <laughs> it was in the spider. It was with the Spider Man indoor roller coaster. It got jammed in that position, so I know what sitting in that position vertically is like, and it is unpleasant. Uh, hard to be intimidating in that position. <laughs> <laughs> really, no kidding. Uh, <laughs> now we. Uh, we find out at this point that Amber is going to be a bigger deal because she sneaks off into the... Hold on. Yep. We we got to back up. Yeah. We got to bring it back because Amber is with her gal pal in the oh, hallway getting yep. a $6 soda. <laughs> and she sees, you know, they're bringing Ben down the hall and he's kind of giving her the, you did this look. And she's looking back like, ah, oh, shit, I did this. <laughs> and her, her gal pal... Just jerks off all over the yeah, seat. Yeah, she does. Oh, man, you're lucky he didn't kill you or rape you or rape you and then kill you or kill you and then rape you. God, I want him to rape me. <laughs> I might I might have added something. You, you ad-libbed a little there, but that was the underlying yeah, tone. Definitely a, some subtext <laughs> in <Yeah>. that scene. <laughs> that was, I wish they'd brought that character back. I want to know more about her. Should have tubed her to the zone. <laughs> Amber goes to apparently the military records room in the TV studio <laughs> and starts just goes through the files <laughs> and finds the file labeled damning evidence <laughs> just right off the bat. Uh, it was Richard's comma Ben damning evidence right here. Yeah. Just clearly marked edited for TV and then raw, raw footage, footage of the the massacre that they got somehow. They, Not even in a locked cabinet. Nope. She just walks into this room and takes it and then as she turns around gets a hand to the face and then it moves on. <laughs> and then she's gone. All right, so we have our our first and an audience member gets to select what stalker they want to go first. Every extra in this movie is giving it everything they've got to. Oh, beautiful. Like, All those old ladies just swearing. Yeah. I love it. Oh, everybody like everybody in this movie committed a thousand percent. And we meet our first stalker. Ben, you want to tell us about our first stalker? Our first stalker. I do. I have some questions here. <laughs> so yeah, they, they bring a, a member of the audience. This middle-aged lady gets to come up and gets to choose her favorite stalker. And she chooses... Uh, the one because he's she likes him big and cuddly. Yeah. Yep. Huh? Yep. I thought I misheard that also. No. Nope. You know, they all looked big and cuddly. They to me. They, they do. Uh, come on. They're all big boys. They chonky. 
Um, and so she chooses Sub Zero, Professor Sub Professor Sub Zero. <laughs> He's not wearing a lab coat. No, I don't he know is not. where the professor comes into this. He has a uh, hockey stick. Well, he blade. is played by uh, Professor. What was his name? Professor something Tanaka, a professional Toru? wrestler. Toru Tanaka. Sure, and, and he's just this big dude in hockey gear with a, a, a scythe, a hockey stick, axe. Yep, thing. pretty badass. <laughs> and um, hey, okay, he's fucking awesome. Uh, his what introduction. Else do you want me to say his introduction was kick ass. Like when they pull, he walks out and does a little demo where he cuts a gong in half. Uh, that was super cool, and he looked really intimidating. But he gave like the sweetest smile at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing: he's much less intimidating under all those hockey pads. Yeah, yeah. He just looked silly at that point. Well, okay. Here's my question. Is they they go into the first zone. Yeah. They go in and it is this enclosed ice rink arena. Yeah. That is very clearly, this is Sub-Zero's. What would have happened if that lady had chosen a different stalker? Like Fireball? Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think because throughout, the, they'll be in one place and then these like gates will come down and they're mm-hmm. trapped. And then even when they got out of the uh, go-kart cages, there were yep. people on motorcycles kind of corralling them in a specific direction. So I'm assuming that we just didn't see it, but they were being purposely led towards that area okay. by you know, roadblocks being placed in their path. That makes sense. I'm giving the movie a little <laughs> bit more credit than it probably deserves. but Yeah, uh, I, I mean, that has to be it. Yeah. Uh, the, the production has to be uh, a real... A real uh, hassle on the running man. Every every part of that place, like it looked so abandoned and like they were just somewhere that had been destroyed. But well, there's, there's stuff that I mean, they they have kind of this network has control over every square inch of that place. I don't know if you guys heard it. There is when they're first introducing the show and they're about to send them down. There's a real throwaway line that it's 400 square blocks. Leftover from the big earthquake of '97. Oh, I totally missed so that. It, there was a big earthquake that destroyed a huge swath of the city, and then they're just like, "Meh." They booby trapped all of it. <laughs> yeah, but also they just left a bunch of shit in there. Because <laughs> yeah. like sometimes they're being corralled, and sometimes they're in these death arenas where they fight the stalkers. But then also there's just a communications array that they find. And a weird locker room. Yeah, there's that... a lot of just weirdly like I I don't know what the where the boundaries are. Yeah. And that's not something that's very easily defined over the course of this movie, as uh. we will get to much later. <laughs> now, um Arnold Schwarzenegger being the badass that he is, kills him with razor wire, <laughs> strangles him with some razor wire and cuts his throat open, but not before Sub-Zero shoots Weiss into a goal that turns into a cage. That was great. Yeah, Very scary. (laughs) This whole scene can be summed up by, fuck yeah, this rules. That's all you need to know. It was pretty badass. It kicks so much ass. Sub-Zero dies. Yes. And a hush falls over the crowd. And it was at that moment that I was very confused. Mm -hmm. Because... 
they act like no one's ever killed a stalker before, but they've had three winners. Yes. Okay. How do you complete that zone without killing them? I wanted to get to this because, yeah, uh, Killian is even, he gets on uh, the phone to the government Mm. uh, who are yelling at him and he's like, hey, listen, yeah, so one of the stalkers died. It had to happen eventually. Right. Meaning it's never happened before. How, How do you win? Is there an escape hatch? Is there but, a win you know what, condition though? that we don't know about? We, of course, find out later because uh, Amber finds the bodies of the winners. They are not in Hawaii. Spoiler alert. Yes. <laughs> so that all had to be staged. So they maybe periodically they stage a win so that people keep betting on, you know, different runners or different stalkers or something. Right. But the yeah, question is, like, how do you get out of the Sub-Zero zone? Without killing him. Lock him in the net cage? Oh, yeah, I guess. Because, I mean, they get, he gets away in the in the second fight. He doesn't kill uh, one of the... Oh, Good. We'll get there. Yep. He, he, the, I mentioned earlier... Because they're not in an zone in that Also moment. true. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, maybe you're supposed to... They're maybe, in the sky yeah. them. Well, yes. Maybe they just avoided, somehow avoided zones. <laughs> I don't know. Like, in, you know what I mean? In, <laughs> Enclosed, enclosed, okay, whatever. I know what you're talking about, but that's my new favorite set. Maybe they avoided zones. The, yep. Hey, you want to win the running man? Stay away from them zones. Yeah, avoid them zones. Uh, which brings us to our next zone, where they bring another audience member up to choose their favorite stalker, and he can't choose between Buzzsaw and Dynamo, so why not have them both? So we get to meet our next two stalkers. Sam, do you want to tell us about the stalkers? I just, Killian is one smooth motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah, because this guy can't decide. And so he's like, you know what? That's fine. We're going to have Dynamo and, is it Fireball? No, Fireball. Buzzsaw. Yeah, so Buzzsaw comes out and he's this other wrestler looking guy with a chainsaw. And this chainsaw cuts through everything. No matter except what it is. Except for when it doesn't. Yeah, except, for when, except, doesn't. except for when he's fighting <laughs> Ben Richards. But for show, it cuts through yep. everything. And he has chainsaws on his legs. Yeah, he's got chainsaw legs. That he never uses. Nope. Yes. Useless leg chainsaws. And he has a motorcycle, so he's a motorcycle guy. And then Dynamo <gasps> is a very luminescent opera singer. I That is a great uh, description. I would have said... He's a big fat guy cosplaying as a light bright. (laughs) (laughs) Also true. Because he is. (laughs) And Uh, he has a sweet go-kart. And he shoots lightning out of his hands. He sure does. He's very electric. Yeah. And he looks insane. (laughs) He does. I can't let it pass. No. What the fuck? Of all the costumes in this, Dynamo is hands down the craziest. (laughs) Wait, you guys don't like appliance guy? (laughs) <laughs> yep, the human microwave that we meet later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It is. A, it's, it is crazy. <laughs> I I really want. I, I, let's role play this for a second. Good. Josh. Okay. Yep. Um, you're going to be uh the producer, okay. and I'm going to be Dynamo coming in to pitch my gimmick. <laughs> Good. Okay. Uh, Dynamo, come on in and have a seat. Hey, hey. Uh, I, I've got a great idea. 
I, I've seen some of the other guys. Yep. It's, it's top lodge. Strong gimmicks. We need strong gimmicks here. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think of when I say opera? Uh, I, I think uh, smartly dressed. I oh, think. Oh. Uh, I think power. I think lightning. Uh, Mohawk. Um. Blinking no. lights. Okay. I see. I. Tiny car. Yeah, I go uh, get him. Uh, you're on hey. tonight, so we need to get started. <laughs> it's just the craziest <laughs> costume I've ever seen in a movie. I love it. That's who I will be uh, this Halloween. Good. I'm going as Dynamite. Awesome. Uh, now, at this point, we have another twist where Amber is now being, she shows up in a jumpsuit because she gets a jumpsuit too, and they fire her down the tube to the zone. Her and jumpsuit's sexy, though. It's yeah, she's cut. got a sexy... <laughs> Some cleavage low in that cut, jumpsuit. <laughs> low-cut jumpsuit to get tubed to her zone. This movie's sexy, guys. <laughs> it is. This is a real sexy movie. Yeah, we haven't even talked about the Paul Abdul dance number. Jesus. <laughs> there we go. Yep. <laughs> that, that was it. It was an extremely long dance sequence. It was very Abdulli. <laughs> yes. Uh, now we have our four heroes together, and they split off into teams of two, I guess. And uh, Weiss sees the one of the relays that he's talking about. Like, we can never hack their satellites because we don't have access to their relays. And she just follows Weiss to, yep. for no reason, really. And leaving Ben and Laughlin to fight Buzzsaw. That Buzzsaw fight it was really nothing. Yeah. It really, like... But it ends in, in a way that makes up way? for everything. Yeah. Tell us how it ends, Ben. <laughs> they are struggling. He knocks him off the motorcycle and you think he's dead. But it does that 80s movie thing where he goes over to the body and he jumps up and he grabs him by the throat. Ah! They're, they're tussling over a chainsaw. And just as you think, the chainsaw's getting closer and closer to Ben. He's just like, nah, I was stronger all along. <laughs> and he just forces the chainsaw not just back at him, but down and up between his legs Ugh. and uh, chops his chops his dick apart. And we see we hear his opera skills yeah. as he <laughs> hits that beautiful falsetto as he's getting his chainsaw vasectomy. That's what you do well. when you die. <laughs> yep. Chainsaw vasectomy is a death metal band. <laughs> <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Weiss and Amber are hacking the terminal which just looked like nonsense so I don't even want to get into it but Dynamo finds them and shoots Weiss with his lightning hands but not before he gives Amber the numbers yes Yes. which if there was there any more heavy handed foreshadowing (laughs) then I could I could memorize these numbers but you also memorize them just in case I memorized them (laughs) did you? 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42 (laughs) let's do a lost podcast after this i am in all right let's do it (laughs) um so uh he electrocutes weiss and amber runs away gets back into his tiny go-kart and is defeated by a hill (laughs) (laughs) because he's trying to run down ben richards and ben it looks like he it looks like he has a plan like he's climbing up to like reach for something and just as he is about to get what he needs he turns back and the vehicle has tumbled <laughs> end over end all the way down and it's hysterical. It is well, too for funny. once for once in an 
action movie like this, the thing that should happen happens. Because, yeah, yeah, you're like, There's that, it's ridiculous that he would go-kart up that hill. Do you think it was a subtle nod to the air cars from the book? I don't think anybody in this movie read the book. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> He's laying there defenseless, and Ben Richards has this pipe. And it looks like he's about to cave his head in, but he instead jams it into the ground next to him and tells the whole world, I won't kill a helpless man, and then walks away. And then we find out that apparently Laughlin and Weiss died Yep, because yeah. of those injuries. Yeah, just as we you we were all sitting in the living room being like, wait, where are those <laughs> other two? Oh, they just got like hit, they're fine, and then they find them, they're like, oh, they're both dead. Yeah. Which, uh, his electricity shouldn't be enough to kill people, because as we see him electrocute her, and she's fine. She gets up right away. Right! But no, it killed those other two. Maybe that guy had a heart condition. Maybe. That seems right. (laughs) Yeah, pacemaker. And here's another moment that we get that's uh, actually from the book, where Killian makes a private call Mm -hmm. off the air, and he tells Ben, how would you like a job? Here are all the perks you can join the stalkers and be one of us. And in no uncertain terms, he tells them to fuck off. Of all the awesome one-liners that Ben has in this movie, I was really disappointed that he didn't have one here. Yeah. He, he gives us like really awkward sort of speech in like three sentences. (laughs) It wasn't very effective. (laughs) No. Then which brings us to our last, well, not our technically, technically our last, stalker that we we face off with and that's fireball who why don't i remember fireball fireball has this giant flamethrower and also for some reason a jetpack oh yeah (laughs) oh and we saw him earlier he was like in an office he was in the locker room oh yeah and it and the camera held on him for a few seconds i was like well that's weird yeah (laughs) yeah but then we meet him again and he's in spandex with a jetpack. Yeah. He, he's pretty cool. He's the least dorky outfit of all the <laughs> stalkers. Yeah, kind of. But this is also an interesting point because this is when the public opinion starts to turn because Killian brings up uh, my favorite old lady in this movie. <laughs> and she she's like, hey, who's who do you think's going to get the next kill? And she says, Ben Richards. And he's like, no, 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 that's... He's the bad guy. (laughs) I can pick whoever I damn well please. It's going to be Ben Richards. And uh, this is where Amber finds the bodies of the previous winners that are for some reason in this locker room all in the same place, just left out in the open to decompose. You know who else? Still wearing their dog tags. You know who else is in this locker room? (laughs) Who? Who else is in the locker room? Ben Richards on the ceiling like (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man. That was absolutely insane. Fireball has her cornered and he's about to roast her and then just feet come swinging <laughs> in. And well, first his hand comes down because oh. he un- detaches the fuel line on his yeah. jetpack flamethrower. From the ceiling. And we have been in this room with her <laughs> yep. the entire the time. The entire time. He was not in there before she got in there. But it just... Drop kicks him from the ceiling <laughs> and then throws a flare on him. Like, he would have had to climb on top of the lockers while these two are having this conversation <laughs> right next to the guy. Yeah. Okay, whatever. That's insane. <laughs> uh, and at this point, uh, they have devised a solution to their Ben Richards problem. 
they have this software that will superimpose Ben on another contestant. So they're basically going to show a rerun of mm. uh, Captain Freedom killing them and saying, oh, Ben Richards is dead. Captain Freedom, who is Jesse Ventura. Yes. Who is uh, an old hunter, or uh, stalker. Uh, Turned announcer. Retired yeah. and, yeah. And, and wore, wore a, uh, an air conditioning unit so on this, his chest for yes. a second. <laughs> this movie predicted that technology. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Wearable microwaves? <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> no, the, the face. Yeah. Oh, can... got the superimposing. <laughs> oh, got it. And uh, at this point also, the rebels sneak in and get them out somehow? Well, okay. So at some point, um, I think it was Weiss said, hey, the rebels have an outpost in Quadrant 4, which I guess- You mean Zone 4? What? No, it's Quadrant <laughs> 4 of the game Zone. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, so yeah, I guess the the resistance is just hanging out in this wasteland. Yes. So this isn't like a cordoned off place that only the network has access yeah. to. Where are the boundaries? It yeah doesn't because they've also uh, apparently like hacked into their stuff because they close one of the gates mm-hmm. and trap them in and then get them out. They they air the super convenient clip that they've superimposed both Ben and Amber in, which luckily that kill had a man and a woman <laughs> roughly their size so they could superimpose them. That was they really got away with it. They did it, <laughs> which that scene was pretty cool to watch, though, because it, it's like almost it cool like an, an alternate yeah, reality. Yeah, you're version. watching them watch that happen. Yeah. Yeah. And which is a really interesting thing to get into of like, oh, man, these two characters just watched themselves die on television. No, they don't, the movie doesn't care about that. <laughs> it's not gone <laughs> they into. They are unemotional about it. Yeah. They're like, yes. huh. Would you look at that? <laughs> In fact, I think Amber's like, hey, isn't this is for the best. We're dead now. And yeah. Arnold lights a cigar. Yeah. yeah. Why is he the leader of the resistance now? Because he cares, man. Because <laughs> Hold on. He cares Does about he? politics, not survival. <laughs> the people yeah. got His best him. friends got murdered. That's true. This woman best friends he, in the world. he abused is And now leads around by here. the nape of the neck. Yeah. God. <laughs> Great. This movie's great to women. <laughs> it really, really is. Big surprise. <laughs> no, I, just, I thought that was like a, just a really weird turn. Because they're like, all hope's lost because now we, we can't do the uplink thing. And Amber's like, nope, I have the codes. Because he told me to remember them. And I remember them. And so they have this whole plan of action. And he steps up and they're like, I thought you were on your way out. And he lights his cigar and he said, I told him I'll be back and I don't want to be a liar. Which, sure. Great. So his motivation is revenge on one guy. His motivation is to call back to his catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is what you I think. gotta preserve those sweet catchphrases. Right. Uh, so they, they steal this uplink. We find out that Amber still has that unedited footage, which I was very confused by. Not not the fact that they allude to, like, where were you hiding that the whole time? In her butt. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I, keep, I keep 
my undoctored footage to the same place I keep my five hundred dollars. <laughs> so, so when she was going through the medical procedures that they put all the runners through, and she was in her underwear, yeah, and then she was put in the jumpsuit. You know, they confiscated her clothes and her purse and everything. Yeah, they they left her with those videos. Not just that, when she turns around and is like captured, she's holding it in her hand <laughs> when she is caught. Like that means they gave her enough time unattended to put it in her butt to keister it before <laughs> uh, before she got processed. <laughs> At least she doesn't have a whole like story up there. That's true. That is true. It's just, but there is a map to Zihuatanejo. <laughs> uh, they they air the footage. Everybody sees all this crazy stuff. The resistance grabs guns and they storm the building. Amber fights Dynamo again, which it was problematic. He tries to rape her. He yeah. Ben should have killed him. Now, like, do you think that that was just a matter of just clearing the board? Like, they they just wanted to make sure that they still killed the stalker. They need to give Ben that moment where he doesn't kill somebody that's helpless, but we need to find a way to circle back and kill this guy eventually. So let's make him a rapist. I guess. (laughs) Maybe it was the shitty 80s version of, hey, let's give the woman a cool thing to do. Get raped, Uh, Yeah. Uh, I don't know. And then she hits him in the crotch. And then I forgot how she kills him already. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Crotch electrocution. <laughs> she something with electrocution. He dies. Yep. Apparently, we all zoned out <laughs> this part. We're like, oh, this, I, this, I this did, part's gross. I did notice that while he was wet, and so it was easy for him to be electrocuted. She was also wet. That is true. But now we get our our face to face, our final face off with Killian and Ben Richards as they they circle the bobsled chair, and Killian gives his evil monologue about it's never been personal it's all about ratings and Which, blah 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 what blah. a shitty like if he's trying to save his life his own life he's not doing a good job he's his whole speech is like we just wanted ratings that's why we <laughs> tried to kill you that's you know, why your best friends are that, done. Yeah, he is speaking ben's language ratings how crazy would that have been Ben would be like well shit I never thought about it that way you know that is a really good point but as this conversation is going on Ben has uh, intuitively figured out how to start the machine that runs this bobsled contraption you well I give him that because you do see him his eyes are not on Killian the whole time Killian's giving him his thing and he's kind of looking at him and then sort of looking at everything around him and yeah and finally just grabs him and throws him into the bobsled go-kart and tubes him to the zone. Yeah. Which that protective fence that they all hit has been taken down now because the show's over. So it doesn't stop him. And he flies straight into a billboard of himself that the billboard was apparently in front of the, their supply of gasoline for Fireball. Because he goes through it and blows the fuck up. Which leads to my favorite part in the movie. Not because of what happened in the movie, but because of what happened in my living room. (laughs) (laughs) Ben delivers his awesome one-liner. Well, that hit the spot. And our Ben goes, how did he see that happen? (laughs) (laughs) He's standing in the, like, the, the studio 
and he sends him down this tube, which we know is super it's crazy like five long. Minutes long. Yeah, yeah every so time long. anyone goes down there, there's an extended scene of them sliding down this long slide, and then he explodes. And he's just standing up there, like staring at nothing. He's like, <laughs> "That hits the spot." We, we liked to imagine that to he was no counting one. in his head because he's yeah. been on that ride, right. so he knows about how long it takes. <laughs> and now, yeah, he should be dead by now. <laughs> uh, and then we have uh, what easily the most emotional point of this uh, movie, where Amber and Ben see each other again. And the chemistry is oh. electric. The two more of more electric than Dynamo. <laughs> it's Dynamo. <laughs> they they look at each other, and but between the music and the lighting and the angles, you are supposed to feel this love. But there's nothing there. No, they well, just stare. At it. They're just staring each other down. And Why they, would there be? What has nope. happened in this movie? That has made them fall in love. What? Nothing. Nothing. They kiss, though, and then he grabs her by the neck and leads her out of the studio. That's his love language, <laughs> Sam. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Grabbing by the neck and leading women is his love language. So the, the movie gave us what we didn't get in the book, which was Ben and Amelia, who's Amber in this movie, getting together at the end, hooking up. Yeah. Yep, that's Amelia gets sucked out of an airplane. Amber gets a, a kiss and and a neck rub. <laughs> neck rub, yeah. He's rubbing her neck. <laughs> yeah, it was a massage. <laughs> she seemed really stressed out. Uh, and, and that's and that's the Running Man. Woo. Uh, and it fucking rules. <laughs> <laughs> fucking so cool. I, <laughs> I wanted to point out something else that I noticed. It didn't hit me until most of the way through, and you guys have probably noticed this that when they show at the very, very beginning, when they're showing the running man and showing clips from the show, all of those clips are from the movie, the running man. <laughs> yeah. They're it's not. Yeah. I noticed it when they showed uh, ch- the buzzsaw pulling him around uh, behind his bike. And it was the same exact curve. And mm-hmm. I'm like, where did I see that before? <laughs> and then just after that is where the little go-kart ramps over a little wall. And I remembered that happening. And I was like, I don't know. how. I don't know the logistics, but all these clips are from later in the movie. This movie, I have to watch it and completely remove myself from Stephen King while watching it. Cause it has nothing to do with the book at all. Very, very loosely based. So if I'm thinking about it in terms of the book, I would not like the movie. If I'm thinking about it separate, just its own standalone thing, this movie is awesome. <laughs> it is a hell of a good ride. <laughs> Even, and Arnold Schwarzenegger, I mean, you enjoy him or you love him. And everybody, those are the only two, I, options. I, those are the two you options. You enjoy him one way or, or the you other. Love him. Yeah. Um, I give it four out of five blue chambray shirts. Oh, fair. Um, yes. A- as an adaptation, I could not, I, they could not fuck it up worse. <laughs> Uh, as a movie, it is the most bonkers, fucking awesome shit. I am so hyped up. Five out of five zones. Give it all the zones. Uh, five out of five blue chambray shirts, guys. It's great. Uh, before I get to my rating, I will ask you guys. I need you guys to give me one more rating out of uh, one out of five blue chambray shirts. Um, the movie of 
me watching The Running Man. <laughs> five out of five. <laughs> five, <laughs> five out of five. Very Good. fun. Would do it. Would do it again. <laughs> but you can't because it was ah, true. You can't watch something for the first time again. Uh, have you seen Total Recall? I have not. Oh fuck yeah! Oh, I know what we're doing right after yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, man. I'm so glad that you guys touched on like the rating it based on the book because I remember I ripped apt pupil apart because of how much of a bastardization it mm-hmm. was. And I, I was like trying to reconcile that with myself of like, how can I rate this one so much higher because oh. it's so fucking good. Well, That was also a shitty, it movie. was a terrible movie, but uh, yeah, as an adaptation, just terrible, but for what it is, it is not like, it's definitely a, it's so bad. It's good. And now I see why when I tell people I'd never seen it, their reactions were what your guys' reactions were because it's just top to bottom insanity. It's so good. Uh, I'm going to go and give it a solid four out of five blue chambray shirts. All right. Well, that's it for this episode of Dairy Public Radio. As always, thank you for listening. Join us next episode where we, you guys. <laughs> Here we go. Oh. We are covering... The stand. The stand. It's you, happening. You've been begging. We are listening. Yeah, we're gonna do it. So for this first part, so we're gonna break this down into approximately twenty percent chunks. Yeah, and we're gonna give ourselves a little bit of wiggle room because it is so big, and we want to do a good job. So we're gonna read about that much. So sort of follow along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you want to join us in reading along. Go about to chapter 26 or so for the first part. For Benjamin Graham and Joshua Kahn, I'm CM Alexander reminding you, I don't want to be the only asshole in heaven. Hey everyone, CM Alexander here. Thank you for listening to The Running Man Part 3. Thanks again to Phil Thiessen for his support and suggestion that we cover this book. I wanted to share an email that we got from Phil after we released episode two. He read this book as a kid and he remembered it as a fun action story. And he actually apologized for picking it because of the racist content that we touched on in part one. Phil, you don't have anything to apologize for. There are a lot of things that I've reread recently and I've noticed racist and sexist things in them that went over my head as a kid. I think it's a testament to some of the improvements that we've made as a society that these things are more obvious to us now, and it gave us a platform to have an important discussion that we should all be having with each other on a frequent basis, because that's when change happens. Join us next episode, where we'll be leaving the futuristic, action-packed year of 2017 and going back to the 80s for the stand. That's all for now, listeners. Goodbye.